Hey, this is Brian Stevens from Spy Point. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking with Mike Stroff, who you may know from Savage Outdoors TV, The One, and Grigsby Farms, which is played on Realtree's new 365 platform. Mike is also a really successful outfitter across a number of states like Texas, South Dakota, Illinois, and Iowa. And we're going to cover some topics on this podcast that range from how he uses cell cameras to monitor his inventory, not only for his TV shows, but also for his outfitter business. What are some of the things that you know he does as an outfitter in the off-season, shed hunting, and a couple of other different topics? So hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Spy Point Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stevens, and on this show, we get to talk about hunting, tactics, technology, and the inside scoop from industry pros. Follow along each month as we learn, laugh, and grow together with the passion we all have for the outdoors. This is the Spy Point Podcast. Hi, this is Brian Stevens from Spy Point. I'm excited to talk with Mike Stroff today, who you may know from you know his successful career in the outdoor television with shows like Savage Outdoors, The One, the Grigs- Grigsby on Realtree, New 365 platform. You know, the thing that Mike is really known for, uh, as well as being a successful outfitter in states like Texas, South Dakota, Illinois, and a new state, Mike, is Iowa, um, and specifically in Zone 5. Um, you know, Welcome to the show, man, but tell us a little bit about what you've got going on for 2020, but also, in particular, uh, this exciting new project you've got in Iowa. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, doing this uh, a couple weeks ago, and so I was excited to uh, jump on here and chat with you guys a little bit. Um, yeah, we, you know, our outfitting is a big, it's kind of the backbone of the business model that we have. You know, um, with our TV shows, originally, I got into TV because I was trying to promote what we do on the outfitting side of things. And we outfit in a lot of different states. Uh, we've got uh, outfit in Texas, South Dakota, Illinois, and now Iowa. Uh, which is what you were just talking about, Zone 5. So That's we're awesome. Super excited to add that to our portfolio of uh, places to go hunt big whitetails. No, that's, I mean, what, that's incredible, man. Um, everybody knows from a bow hunting standpoint and just hunting in general how incredible Iowa can be. What what makes Zone 5 so special? Because I know that was a, a big focus for you to try to get uh, property in that area. It broke up on me there a second. Uh, sorry about that. Well, say that one more yeah, time. Yeah, no, no worries, man. So, you know, listen, everybody knows that I was just the, you know, the epic place to, to hunt in general and especially for bow hunting. Sure. But what in particular about Zone 5 um, is so special? Because I know that was a, a focus for you to try to get property in that area. Well, there are a couple of reasons for us. Uh, one was I've hunted this particular property for nine years. So I've got some history with it. I know how good it is. And, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity for us to be able to try to, uh, you know, line this up. Um, the uh, Zone 5, though, you know, it's one of the, you know, top areas in the whole state of Iowa. And we all know Iowa's producing some giant whitetails. Um, you know, you know, just to give you a couple of folks that, that hunt in Zone 5, like Donna Candy Kiske with Whitetail Freak. Yeah, roger that. That's Zone 5. Uh, where Bill Winky hunts, that's Zone 5. Okay. Uh, the place that I'm hunting is kind of like right between 
if you drew a straight line across from where those two are I'm right in the middle. So I feel like we got to be in a pretty good spot. Absolutely, because uh, those folks uh, have a, a tendency year after year to just put some huge whitetails on the ground, man. So I'm super excited for you uh, about that, and I know um, you know we'll be seeing a lot from you uh, in all the states, but really uh, in that part of Iowa with your outfitting business. Uh, you know, and listen, we we had a chance to you know talk a little bit about you know at the ATA and Shot Show about one of the things that you're known for is really having a bag of cards when you travel, and that's literally having a bag of SD cards that you thumb through, you know, each night at the hotel just to keep up, you know, with all of the inventory, uh, you know, not only for your TV shows, but for your outfitting business. And to me, that's, you know, one of the signs of a successful outfitter is, you know, understanding, you know, the animals that, you know, you, you had on the property this year, those that, you know, you hope make it next year. But, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the work that you do there, because that takes time, but it definitely pays off. Yeah, I got a lot of my guys that make fun of me about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I've got this bag of about 150 SD cards. It's a Ziploc bag that gets thrown in my my uh, briefcase and travels around with me. I've got them sitting on my desk right now. I'm actually uh, uh, you know tra- on the road today, and uh, you know I we just came from Illinois and we're checking cards. And, you know when you've got uh, you know we're, we're you know with all the properties, I don't even know how many cameras it is anymore, but I mean it's 300 plus cameras. Um, and so that's a lot of cameras. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can't, uh, you know, it's so important to me that they are always working and they don't let me down. And when I do have time to go check them, I, you know, I I can get some up-to-date data on what's going on, not only from an inventory standpoint, but where to put clients, where we want to hunt when we're filming. I can't be in all these places at one time. Uh, you know, so they're they're as important as some of my guides or myself in the business. Those cameras are, um, you know, one of the things that's changed that workload for me because I spend a lot of my time doing that. Tra- you know, traveling to and from the locations to get the cards, then you know, sitting there literally looking at two or three months worth of pictures at once. It takes a lot of my time and my Absolutely. schedule, and so. Uh, one of the things that's changed that a little bit is these, you know, now the cell cameras, you know, being able to like the link series that uh, uh, SpyPoint has, you know, being able to use those cameras and stay more up to date, check them daily, not have to travel to and from the locations, um, you know, as much as I do, you know, it cuts out a ton of time for me being able to use them, but I can't convert 300 cameras to cell cameras overnight either. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's yeah, been true, a, brother. I, yeah, I got I got to have a budget like everybody else does, you know, and even though it is my business and, I, you know, I've got a, a budget for that, it's still 300s a lot. So uh, one of the cool things that I saw you guys when we were talking at SHOT Show, though, and I haven't got to use one yet, but as soon as you start shipping them, by God, I'm going to have a pile of this at Link, uh, being able to convert the older SD card cameras or current SD card cameras over to a cell camera. Man, I'm I'll be doing that real quick like with as many cameras as i can possibly do it to no absolutely man and and you know the the time that you take and and really the attention to detail um it really defines the fact that you guys are so successful in your outfitting business but that cell link you and a bunch of other people you know mike were so excited about that and you know when i had a chance to really better understand the technology and like you said i mean a lot of guys and and, and gals out there have um you know traditional cell cameras, excuse me, traditional cameras um, just sitting around and they want the the new technology. They want to be able to use that wireless cell technology in different locations. But that cell link literally takes a traditional camera and turns it into a cellular camera 
and allows you to transmit those you know pictures to the spy point app and it just expands your bandwidth to be able to you know monitor what's going on listen the intel is key man and if you got your eyes and ears out there helping you it makes all the difference in the world so yeah that cell link is going to be i think a game changer for a lot of people oh there's no question about it uh it's going to be a a major game changer for a lot of people um and, and you know it just you you can put some old cameras to work or keep cam- your older cameras in circulation where you probably would have at some point just replaced them. Um, well, know, th- that's it. And it's it, the the price point in which they're doing that is insane. I mean, they're making it incredibly affordable to do that. So, um, you know, I know you definitely mentioned that was going to be part of your arsenal to help you uh, better manage your inventory just through that technology Um, You know, but, you know, something else I wanted to just talk about with you, too, is, you know, not only just using, um, you know, you know, cellular technology, cane cameras and the SD cards, but, you know, just from an outfitter standpoint, you know, what is your off season look like? I think a lot of people, you know, would love to understand, you know, what goes through your mind, you know, the work doesn't stop, you know, um, even though the the hunting's over and you you put the bow and the gun up. Uh, What are some of the things you're doing in the off season to just continue to make sure you're you're at the top of the game. Well, in, in all honesty, our workload is probably heavier in the off season than it is during the season. Now we're busy during the season with the clients actually being in camp and actually doing the hunts and executing on those hunts. But that's the fun part. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's 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 not really work. That's that's what we're out, we're out getting here. <laughs> Even if I'm not the guy shooting them, that's fine with me. You know, it's, it's a it's a blast. Uh, the, the tough part is, or the workload comes in this one, you know, like right now we're, we're keeping up with inventory on the cameras to see what deer made it, you know, what deer the neighbors ended up killing, you know, what we've got that, that we feel like we're going to carry over. And then, you know, we, we kind of put an assessment together on how many uh, shootable bucks we, uh, you know, assume we're going to have okay. next as long as we don't have any die offs or disease or something crazy happen. Um, and then, you know, we're in acquisition mode because like, you know, we're, we're always looking for new properties to add on. Uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with the landowners and a lot of projects that we might have in the works with them on, uh, you know, improving the properties. Um, you know, as we get into the spring a little bit here, we will be doing food plot work and prep work uh, to, to ensure that we have all the food that we need on these properties. In Texas, where you do year-round protein feeding yep. and stuff, feeding there because we can't grow the food because we don't get enough rain. Uh, so down there, that is our food plot. So we're constantly having to keep up with that and making sure that uh, we're you know staying uh, ahead of things there, so the deer are not needing anything because this time of year is critical to come out of the rut, get those bucks yeah. healthy, them healthy uh, as they start to grow their antlers again. And same thing with the does as they're you know carrying those fawns, keeping them healthy, so that you have a healthy fawn crop. We're also doing predator control uh, this time of year and into the spring so that when the fawns do hit the and ground. And that's huge. I think that's one of the things. I think doe nutrition and predator control, I think, often get overlooked. So the fact you guys are all over that it makes a huge difference. Oh, it does. I mean, there's no question. And I'm telling you, if a buck is stressing hard, coming off the rut, going into a hard winter, and then really stresses through the winter, it's going to affect those first month or even two months of his antler growth uh, because the nutrition has got to go to his body so that he stays alive. And, uh, you know, we want, it to, we want him to be uh, super healthy so he can max out what he's doing on growing that bone, you know, for next fall. So it's really, really important time of year. Um, 
and then you know when we get into the summer and you know, middle of the summer to you know as we get into the latter part of the summer we are hammering tree stands and trimming yep. and making sure all the food plots we planted are looking good mowing clover patches we're making sure that the food plots that didn't take we're making a plan to replant or a fall planting of some kind uh you know in the works for those um and then we're starting to take inventory again so the cameras are become very important again you know the deer are starting to look we can kind of tell who they are and what they're going to be um you know and so we start to use them heavy again no man and listen the 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 takeaway is the the work doesn't stop and uh it is a year-round initiative Uh, i want to dial it back just a few months you know go back to the spring and you know this get to this time of year from a shed hunting perspective you know a lot of people have different philosophies and and really have different strategies on you know what they do related to shed hunting you know, from you with all the different properties, I mean, give me your philosophy on shed hunting and how do you use it from a planning standpoint for the upcoming year? Well, I mean, shed hunting, uh, it, it, it's a, a good way to learn where your deer, especially your bucks, are spending their winter. Um, you know, it might show you bedding areas. It might show you food sources you didn't realize they were spending so much time in. Um, you know, it might surprise you where you find some of these sheds, you know, because it's like, man, I didn't even know those deer were living in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you can get that kind of data. When you're managing as much land in so many different states as we are, it's re- I mean, just to be perfectly honest, yeah. I don't have time to go shed hunt them all thoroughly. Now, my guys, they love that. Uncle Randy is a shed hunting fool. Um, they, they take advantage <laughs> of that and try to pick up the slack for me. Uh, but in a lot of cases, I'll end up relying on our actual sighting intel, what what we're doing in the field. And then really, I mean, again, not to harp on it, but the, the cameras are the biggest role player for me because I can't be in all these places at once. So a lot of outfitters would probably answer that question different than I do. Um, you know, I just I don't have the ability to go comb every single property in uh you know, great detail for all every shed that I probably should find, uh, just because we're spread out so much. And that we're makes, listen, that, that, that makes sense to me when, when you're running the operation, you are in a number of States, but again, it goes back to the benefit of having a good game camera or cell camera that that's going to be your eyes and ears. And, you know, what we had a, a sidebar conversation, not only about the cell link, but also the link micro S series, which to me, you know, SpyPoint elevated the game on this relative to the cellular technology. Because, I mean, you know this, and, and a lot of people, the one Achilles heel of any game camera is battery life. And that new uh, Micro S has that lithium rechargeable battery and the solar panel built into it. So, it, it, I mean, you know, and it, it just, in you know, the one thing I've learned over the years is when you're, when you're hunting a big buck, you got to minimize pressure. You know, that is as good as anybody. And, you know, you, you have the ability to stay out of a core area for as long as possible. And that camera helps you do that, not only from the cellular technology, but from the battery life. So I know that's got to be something that's going to be part of your arsenal this year, especially in some of those areas where you just don't want to be in, uh, you know, at all. Oh, no question about it. I mean, it, it, if I can stay out of the woods, you know, it takes a lot of the pressure off the deer, a lot of that education that you don't want to give them, but it's, you almost have to give them. <laughs> uh, you can avoid that. And it, it, I can't tell you how much time it saves me being able to, not have to go to 300 cameras in four different states. It's yep. it, it money that it will save. No question. Themselves super quick. 
No, no question, man. So, hey, listen on an, uh, uh, another topic. Get, I'm going to transition you to TV. So I know uh, it was either it aired last year, I believe, but um, that giant you shot in Texas, man. Um, tell me about that big buck because um, it sounded when I watched that, it looked like um, you guys didn't know that big buck was there or just was a super surprise, but just an incredible animal. Uh, I'd love to know a little bit more of the background on that giant buck. Yeah, it, it, that's the biggest typical I've shot. Uh, that was a heck of a deer. Um, we did know the deer was there. Okay. We, I had gone to Alaska uh, and on a filming trip, came home. I had not had any pictures of that deer, so I didn't know at that point that that deer was there. And I had a couple of pictures in the middle of the night of that deer. Um, I was just shocked that a deer like that was there. Uh, you know, and so we, we went on, then we left to go to South Dakota on another filming trip. And when I came back, I was still getting pictures, but all at night. Okay. Yep. Um, so I knew, knew the deer was around, but it wasn't every day. And it wasn't one of those things. It's like, you could just pattern in. Uh, and it was definitely all at night, never a daylight picture. So we kicked off our hunting season down there. And I said, man, I'm just going to go sit in that band over there because <laughs> you can't kill them unless you hunt that's where it. they live. That's, that's, that's it. the only place I had a picture of him. And that's, I just said, you know, you never know. We might, we might get lucky. And uh, we got super lucky the first time we sat there that it was 90 something degrees that day. A deer like that probably should have never been out in the daylight, especially not having any like real credible daylight, uh, you know, data on him on the cameras. And he, he can't we got a shot and killed the deer. Um, it's just, it just an amazing hunt. Uh, we got, you know, there's a lot of luck in it, too, I guess. And uh, I'll take it on that on something like that because you don't get that opportunity. Uh, very often. I mean, it's kind of once in a lifetime deer. No, that the, he truly was uh, just a, a giant, beautiful, just beautiful Texas deer. And listen, that that happened to me uh, a couple of years ago in Alberta. Just first, sometimes it's that first sit, it's undisturbed. You get in there, and uh, I shot a, a giant in Alberta um, a few years ago, and it was you know similar kind of scenario. And you, you can't you can't get it done unless you're out in the woods and uh, in the stands. So uh, congratulations on that. The other thing I want to know a little bit about is you know, and I've heard about it over the years, but is the the Grigsby farm in Illinois. And I know you take a lot of pride in that farm, but just talk a little bit about what makes that place so special. Obviously, Illinois is, you know, an incredible state, but you know what? It seems that over the years it's gotten, you know, really popular and, and overhunted in some capacity. And so it sounds like you have a, a gym there and a honey hole that, um, you know, I'd love to l- learn a little bit more about. Yeah. So the, the Grigsby farm is, uh, it is a special place for us. Um, we, uh, that's our, you know, our digital series revolves around that whole piece. It's actually called the Grigsby. Um, so, you know, we, we uh, it, it's some, we've been hunting there. I've been hunting there since 2004, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that was back when there was an outfitter there. And then after that, the family managed it and then they had like a little club scenario. And then anyway, long story short, we ended up leasing everything there. So it's definitely, if it's not the largest continuous track land in the state of Illinois, uh, it's dang close. Uh, and I think it may, it is the biggest, um, the, uh, you know, because we have such a large track of land there and have so much control, we can let those deer get old, you know, and that's the whole thing that, that the area up there will grow giant deer. That's just an age thing. If you can let them get old, man, you got an opportunity to kill world-class deer. And so yep. it, we're, we're, we're spoiled. We're very blessed, lucky to be able to 
hunt a place like that and we try to do our best to uh you know create for our guests that come up there and hunt with us and clients you know to to, to create that opportunity where not everybody's going to kill one but you sure have a legitimate chance of killing a world-class deer every time you get to stand there and i can honestly look anybody in the eye and tell them that uh every time they get to stand there and that and you know what and and that's that's so true and and that takes me into you know, uh, another question I have for you, and, and listen, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've worked with a lot of different outfitters, and, you know, and I've, I've seen, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and, and for those that do it well, I have built a friendship with them, and it's almost like family, uh, and you go back every year, and, and there's no guarantee. But, you know, you obviously put a, a lot of work, time, effort, uh, take this very seriously. But, you know, from an outfitter standpoint, you know, what are some of the things that you do uh, a little different that maybe other people don't do to just ensure it's not about just killing an animal. It's about the experience and, and the outdoors and just having a great time. But, you know, just what are some of the things that, you know, you hang your hat on that says, hey, here's how we do a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, I tell my guides and, the, and the, all the folks that work with us on the outfit side of things that, you know, hunting is supposed to be fun. Um, this is not, uh, if you start to make it to where it feels like work every day, you're, you're, you shouldn't probably be doing what we do. Um, you know, and, and what we put on for our clients is really about um, the experience. You know, we're not selling a deer. We're not selling a cheeseburger at McDonald's. A lot of, in today's culture, a lot of yeah. people lose sight of that. They'll, well, I paid for, to do a trophy buck. We're like, well, no, we do, we're putting on a hunt and an experience that's that's yep. what you're coming to do and so i pride myself on making that experience the best we possibly can of course everybody wants to get a big deer everybody yep. wants to yep. uh you know kill the biggest buck they can I, I, me included uh but but that experience that we put on because i tell you what you could kill a 190 inch buck and have a bad experience with the lodge or the lodging your guide you know not like you know just not meshing with people well or just not enjoying what you did and forget about that deer five or six years from now what you'll talk about is man you'll talk about what wasn't good yeah. uh, you know or what the problem was so i you know i really harp that into our guys and just tell them you know it's about putting on the best experience we possibly can so i i guess that's kind of what we try to think we sets us apart um you know we are focused on killing big deer and hunting big deer and we, we are doing the best we can on that, but that experience that we put on, I think is critical. Well, and listen, and I think that's what's so important is with the property that you have and the work that you're putting into making that property, the best it can be, then, you know, that, that in itself, you know, shows, you know, the, the level of focus to help people harvest a big deer. But at the same time, it, it is the experience because there's no guarantees, man. You you know, and anybody that says there there is, uh, I I think they're misleading people. And so the fact that you know it's the experience because you know the people that I've hunted with over the years when I have used an outfitter, if I have a great experience and build a relationship and I see them working hard, then um, you know what you're going to go back. And I have the same people that I've I've hunted with year after year. And it's because of the effort, the relationship. And you know what? Hey, when it all comes together and you get a big animal on the ground, then it's just, it's, it's awesome, but it doesn't always work that way. So, um, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. And I just, I think, uh, that's important for some people want to use an outfitter, but they're just not sure, you know, which one to use. And, you know, do I spend the money on this person or that person? And so I think, um, when people hear from someone like yourself who does this professionally, um, 
but it's it's about making sure they have a great experience. I think you're being honest and sincere, but the work you put into it clearly will dictate that you want people to be successful. Absolutely. So listen, I mean, if somebody wants to know, um, I, you know, a little bit more about, you know, how to check out your outfitter businesses, um, obviously the TV stuff, you know, you got a number of shows, um, you know, whether it's on, you know, a- outdoor television, um, you know, or on Real Trees, you know, 360, you know, digital platform, um, and then on Sportsman Channel too with the one. But from even the outfitter standpoint, you know, if somebody wanted to check out, you know, some of your hunts in the different states, how would they do that? Yeah, like you said, they can watch our TV shows and the, and the digital series. Um, you know, but they can also go to our website soehunts.net. Um, you know, and when you send a contact email uh, to our website uh, asking questions about the hunts, or you call the number there, you're actually talking to me. I answer every one of those myself. Nice. I don't have a person in the office or somebody doing that because I never want to uh, have anybody, a third party, or anybody that's not the one doing it, uh, you know, sell something the wrong way or, or mislead anybody or, or have any misunderstandings. And that's why I, I like to vet all the clients and talk to them myself and, and, uh, you know, make sure people know they're coming to hunt with us, you know, and, and not, you know, some third party. Uh, so, you know, that, that's probably the best way is just, uh, you know, you can get a lot of detail off our website, you know, the different packages and different locations that we have. And then, you know, uh, the only one that'd be different is our South Dakota operation there. We call that Western Ranch Outfitters and uh, our website there is westernhunts.com. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, soehunts.net is, gives you pretty much a breakdown of everything. And then if you want to get specific to South Dakota, the westernhunts.com. Got it. No, listen, and I've hunted South Dakota for a few years now, and I'll tell you that's become one of my favorite places for whitetails. There's great mule deer, mule deer there too, but that is a incredible place to to whitetail. So anybody that's uh, looking for uh, a, a new state, uh, South Dakota uh, is just it blows my mind the number of deer and big deer. I, I shot a really big buck, an old deer there this past year with Dusty, and he shot a slammer. Um, you know, spot and stalk in South Dakota. So that's a, a little hidden gem, in my opinion. No question about it. And the volume of deer in those river bottoms is what blows. It is. Mind. It's insane. It's crazy. it's crazy how many deer are up there. No, absolutely. So listen, Mike, um, you know, thank you so much for the time. And, uh, you know, you got a ton on your plate and doing some really good work. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing you here at some of the upcoming shows and we'll be talking to you and staying connected, um, you know, as you get, uh, you know, some of these uh, things going for the off season and getting some pictures and excited to be some, seeing some of the inventory and uh, some of the big bucks you got on your property. So, um, again, enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Good luck uh, this off season and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds good, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. Take care. 